Big congratulations to Rob Hollifield. You won the giveaway from last week. Comic fam, enjoy your trending comics list. I want to ride some jet skis, but there's no time. We got to chat some trending comics with an Overstreet Price Guide advisor, Russ Bright. Tom, it is an incredible list this week with so many great books. But before we get into this trending list, you have an announcement. That's right. The mystery mail call is getting another thing, and I'm really excited about it. We used to do full graphic novels way back in the day when we were a lot smaller. We transitioned to exclusives. We've been looking for a way to incorporate reading material, and by teaming up with Scout Comics, every box starting in July, hopefully indefinitely, is going to receive a brand new product that's going to make it so that members get a full graphic novel that they can read every single day. Miss. This is so great because Tom and I have been working on the idea for this box for years now, and we always wanted it to be kind of like a loot crate with extra things more than just comic books, and this brings us even closer to our goal. Look out in your July mystery mail call for a comic tag. It's a collectible card. When you scan it, you get an entire graphic novel that you can read on the go. Hit that like, slap that subscribe button, enjoy your comic books, and let's get into this. Number 10 on the list, we have Power Rangers Unlimited Edge of Darkness number one. Now, we are talking about the 1 in 50 Derek Chu variant. This is new this week, and these are going for $190 average sale. The realism is real on this cover, and I suspect because low order amounts of this particular run, I mean, I'm a big Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan, as you can see. However, there is definitely a lack of interest at average LCSs across the nation. I mean, how many members of your community ordered this. We only got four, and this feels a lot like the Sonic the Hedgehog 1 in 50 variant that was last week that, again, almost nobody ordered more than 10 or 15 of. So these are just really going to be sought after because the cover art is so incredible. Here's a tip for the community. I use the search function regularly on Key Collector Comics. There's a search category where you can narrow down comics based off of artist. And if you want to find out what's popping for a particular artist, a new artist, an old artist, you will see a categorized list and you'll be surprised. There's some books that are exclusives that I haven't even seen had I not been up on my Key Collector app. This app is actually how I found out that Derek Chu had done a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 4 variant featuring the Green Ranger and that incredible Dragon Dagger. Derek Chu's been pretty busy, man. He teamed up with Scorpion Comics. They're releasing Street Fighter variants. These are low print. And we've been chatting about the nostalgia cycle and just how many video game franchises have been spiking. I don't think the comic fam should be sleeping on these ones, even if they're not like super into the fighting game. Because... Game franchises take off because people miss that they're even being made in comic books. And when they do find out, it's typically too late. It is always good to see Silver Age on this list. Number nine on the list, we have Tales of Suspense number 62. Now, this features the origin of the Mandarin, who is a character that we have seen before in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but we have a very sneaking suspicion that we will be seeing him again very, very soon. $400 average sales and a $1,200 high sale for a CGC 9.4. We know Mandarin's coming. Heck, it is likely that we're going to see more than one Mandarin because there are technically two in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, regardless of if you like the adaptation from Iron Man 3. And this comic book has seen some spikes, but I still think there is some room for buy-in, especially considering this is some Kirby goodness. You have Cap doing an action shot, releasing prisoners from jail, and it actually says on the cover origin of mandarin the key worthiness doesn't get more specified than that 
Now, this is not his first appearance. It's actually a little bit later appearance, but the reason why people are focusing on this one is that it is his origin as well as the origin of how he got the 10 rings. 1,850% increase in copies sold this week, which is a massive spike for a Silver Age book. We see a dragon underwater in the most recent Shang-Chi trailer, and there is a dragon in this origin narrative. Some members are really hoping, crossing their fingers and toes, that this is going to be Fin Fang Foom. Very unlikely, especially after producers essentially shot that down. However, seeing something so closely mirror the comics is outstanding. It's supernatural. Just like number eight on the list, we got Doorway to Nightmare, number one, the first appearance of Madame Xanadu, going for $100 average sales and a high sale for $1,200 for a CGC 9.8. And what a rich history this character has in the DC universe. Madame Xanadu is one of my favorite supernatural characters. I mean, I, I love the Vertigo universe so much. This is very much pre-Vertigo. Michael Kaluta ended up co-creating this character. She's beautiful. She's wonderful. She started really coming to like the prominence historically around the uh, time of the Knights of the Round Table. She ended up dating Merlin. She actually worked for Genghis Khan and the Mongol hordes for a while. There are so many incredibly interesting stories that she has for a backstory. If you don't know much about this character, you should really look into her. Part of the homo magi. You know, we're talking about some of the earliest witches and magic users in DC history. She would age quite a bit before she creates her own potion to reclaim her youth. I mean, she dabbles with death. And I'm not talking Thanos death. I'm talking about Neil Gaiman, DC, Sandman death. And this character becomes a prime member of the JLA assisting them with all kinds of supernatural threats. Now, we're looking at Bad Robot that's bringing a HBO Max series to the screen. This is exciting news because J.J. Abrams developing a series makes me very very happy. Now, Madame Xanadu, a lot of the comic books she's in, she takes kind of like a backseat to the story. So whether it's going to be an anthology style series where we're going to see like she's the Crypt Keeper Tales from the Crypt where a story goes on, or she'll be the focal point, we're not quite certain, but there's a lot of good news right now. Over a 1,125% increase in copies sold for a pretty pricey book after this news was dropped this week. We've seen Madame Xanadu in the past during the short-lived Swamp Thing series. I suspect that J.J. Abrams is going to bring the heat. He's going to do something even more unique than what we just saw, especially because he's going to want it to go for more than one season. Number seven on the list, we have Dark Reign Young Avengers number one. Now, this is the first appearance of the second Enchantress, Sylvie Lushton. We are seeing $100 average sales and a $535 average sale for a CGC 9.8 and a 654% increase in copies sold. Now, we saw, spoiler alert, Someone that could very well be Enchantress named Sylvie in the Loki show. Well, this is probably the most likely culprit, and that's why we're seeing this on the list this week. We do have an alternate version of Loki in the show. A variant, if you would. A female named Sylvie. It makes sense because she enchants people that people would think possibly that if she lives beyond the Loki show, that she may go full Enchantress. She may become her own superhero in her own right, justifying these price hikes. Number six on the list, Department of Truth number one, the Cover B Jenny Frizen variant. This is going for a $20 average sale right now. And 
quite honestly, I think this is one of those books that is really undervalued and has been overshadowed by a couple other things and is finally getting the respect it deserves. We know that this is option. James Tynan goodness. And considering that it crosses so many fandoms, conspiracy theories are fun, especially when they're a comic fictional narrative. It's going to be perfect for the screen. Look at the various homage variants that are landing all over the place with the community. Here's the thing to consider, however. There's been a little bit of a lull since the announcement. A lot of these prices have gone a little stagnant. And Tales from the Flip Side put this on their prospect list, pushing this up 247% this week because members largely forgot about how many variants there were. And comparing to the abundance of options, there are certain ones that members need to be looking at now over others. There are a lot of printings of issue one, a lot of variants hit the press, one in 10 variants, secret variants, and a lot of them look pretty damn close to the same. When this book first came out, there was a lot of buzz about the variants. Immediately on release day, people were excited about the fact that there was a secret variant, so there was a hunt for that. We knew that there was a one in a hundred variant that was a something is killing the children homage, and that was spiking almost immediately. It's interesting when you see a book like this and people are talking about variants and they hadn't even read the book yet. Now, once everything has settled and you know that it's getting optioned or it might get optioned and it's the right type of book for us to talk about, you would figure a lot of these things would kind of come to the same price. Now, my best example of a book that's an outlier is Thanos 13, the first appearance of the Cosmic Ghostwriter. A first print of that book is about $100 raw. You can get the lenticular cover. It's a 3D cover. It is cover C. It's still first print. It was still released the same day. That is like $8 on eBay right now. It's insane. There's literally five different printings for issue number one. They're making more as well. There's a fifth printing secret variant that's the same as the one in 10 secret variant of cover A. I think all of this combined kind of detracts from the prestigiousness of these variants, which is why I'm going to point to some other ones for the members to spec on, specifically the Peach Momoka one. It's gorgeous. It really stands out. And considering this Jenny Frizen variant, there is a black and white sketch variant of the same book, and it goes for barely more than the color version. And it's Jenny Frizen. This is one that's like going to be no surprise if it sees some upticks. That could be a $50, $80 book all day long. And you already talked about it, but you got to talk about the split fandom opportunity that the Something is Killing the Children variant, the homage, has. The opportunity there is huge. You not only have James Tynan fans hunting this, you have Department of Truth collectors looking for this, and Something is Killing the Children collectors looking for it, all pulling the comic book in their direction. There's also a great Merca Andolfo cover, and there is a virgin version, which is very low print run, and then the 1 in 50 variant, which is also going to be really, really tough to find. So you have many great options of a bunch of fantastic artists. Hot damn comic fam, it finally happened. At the list at number five, we have Thor 617, another comic book that has been in and out of our list for over two years that's finally come to fruition. Thor 617, the first appearance of Kid Loki. $50 average sales and a $600 high sale for a CGC 9.8 because we saw something in the middle of the credits. That's right. We've been warning you about spoilers going forward about our show. Comics cannot wait to be discussed, comic nope. fam. We got to tell you what's going on, especially when I tell you that this book just a few weeks ago was going for $300. That's right. It doubled in price for that high grade 9.8 in a little over two weeks. We have a 119% increase in copies sold since the 
post credit scene of Loki, not just revealing kid Loki, not just revealing an alligator Loki, but dude, <laughs> we got the classic Kirby Journey 85 Loki that I sit in front of on screen. It's been a good week. We have classic actor Richard E. Grant playing the old school Loki, but my favorite is Boastful Loki with his almost Mjolnir-like hammer. I mean, what an awesome, awesome character. But anyone in the comic fam, if you can find the first appearance of Alligator Loki, I'm not quite certain he exists in the comic books, but he definitely exists in the MCU. Gets a hunting. I know Loki turns into a horse at some point, but I don't think an alligator. No. But this is very exciting, especially considering that this book, although it's selling for pretty big highs right now, only 119% for a reveal like this. This doesn't indicate that members are specking lightly on this book. What it shows is that they were specking for a long time and have been buying this in troves for over a year. Absolutely. This is a book that people have been looking at for over two years, and it's good to see it finally hit. And now at the list of number four, something that no one saw coming. We have Tales to Astonish 91, the second appearance of Abomination, first cover appearance, fighting the Hulk on the cover. $315 average sales, $400 for a CGC 8.0, and we even saw a 9.4 go for only $500 in May. This is a great book, and I love that cover appearance. I think that's why there's so much demand for it right now. We're seeing a 400% increase in copies sold post the Shang-Chi trailer dropping, debuting Abomination again since the first time Tim Roth took him on. We knew that Abomination was great spec for the She-Hulk show. We heard rumors that Tim Roth was going to be reprising his role, but showing it in the damn trailer? Hot damn, that's freaking cool. And we've been chatting about second appearances being a great alternative for speculation, considering how high the first appearances go, and seldomly do the second appearances get the amount of love they deserve. Especially when you couple that with this being a major moment for the Hulk, a major villain for the Hulk, and you have them fighting on the cover, I think there's room for this book to grow, especially considering how quick of a price hike this was, and the average sale being so dangerously close to the current high sale on eBay going for an 8.0. For those of you that aren't fans of putting your comic books in slabs, this story, Whosoever Harms the Hulk, is one of the finest stories of the Silver Age, and everyone should really, really read it. If you've got a raw copy, go for it. Comic Butch in the house at the list at number three. We have Fantastic Four 272 to chat about from 1984. Remember that year. It's going to be important in just a little bit. $45 average sales, a high sale of $450 for a CGC 9.8. That was a best offer we were able to confirm about a story called Cowboys and Idioms. We have the Fantastic Four going to the Old West. They're dealing with cowboys. There's people riding robot horses why would this book be on the list? I have always felt that this was just a filler Fantastic Four issue. True. And it was one of those that it just didn't make a whole lot of sense in canon. Yes, we get to understand and see that it's the first cameo appearance of Nathaniel Richards, who's the father of Reed Richards. But until this last week's Loki, I didn't really understand how this comes full circle. 
The father of Reed Richards, Nathaniel Richards, does appear at the end of this story to set up a explanation of where he went, where he traveled to, which actually brings us to number two on the list. We're talking FF issue 273, the first full appearance of Nathaniel Richards, as well as first cover appearance. And this is the story where we find out that through time travel and his quest to go into the future, he actually went to a parallel universe a different earth he got married he had kids and he lived somewhat of a life here's the thing at the end of this story we get an epilogue where 10 centuries later on this different earth a utopian style earth we see his descendant we see kang prime the original kang our kang so Fantastic Four 273 is selling for a $12 average sale and a $375 high sale for a CGC 9.8. 272 has a 650% increase. 273 has a 119% increase in copies sold. You know what? I kind of think 273 is a little bit more exciting story. It has more meat to it, and it really gives a lot of context to what happened with Kang. At the end of 273, in the epilogue, we see Kang. 10 centuries later, looking through the historical record and seeing the Fantastic Four doing some fighting in the Old West. Remember the Cowboys? It's going to come to full circle here in a second. He then complains about how boring this utopian life is and decides to find his ancestors' time machine schematics. We're talking about Nathaniel Richards. We're talking about the Sphinx, the Sphinx that he utilizes to go back in time to Egypt to take over because he has the knowledge of the future. Here's the thing. He goes back to become Ramatut. That took place in Fantastic Four, issue number 19. We're going back to 1963. In the pages of 1963, we see the same epilogue that is laid out in the story of Fantastic Four 19 that was later revealed in Avengers number eight, when Kang the Conqueror first debuts in full. Comic fam, if you're not paying attention, this is sheer brilliance. It is amazing how they took a page from Fantastic Four number 19, where Jack Kirby drew a, a shootout in the Old West, and then the Fantastic Four that happened to be at the same point in time, then flash forward 21 years to issue 272, where they are in the Old West. It's so great to see that that story got tied together and now, with the newest episode of Loki, we see it brought to the MCU. The Loki trailer dropped after last episode, showcasing the Sphinx on screen. Could this idol be the time-traveling machine that Jonathan Majors, Kang Prime, may utilize to go back in time to take on the role of Ramatut? Or at least to introduce Kang into the MCU so he can be lined up for Ant-Man Quantumania where he's already confirmed? Could be. Before we get to number one on the list, the number one trending book in the world, let's tell them how they can support the show. Comic fam, you need to join the Mystery Mail Call. It is the absolute best way to get a curated box of comic books every single month from Comic Tom and I. We've got a link in the description down below. We do exclusives every single month and amazing things like the comic tags that we just came out with. Every box this month gets a boys number one from 2006, an exclusive reprint of the original issue done by the very talented horror legend Ben Templesmith. 
Homelander looking creepy as all hell on the cover, as well as a comic tag, a full graphic novel, as you mentioned, that has a $6.99 MSRP. And for the first time ever, every box is guaranteed a second exclusive. Although we like to do more than one, this second exclusive is guaranteed one per box An homage to Dr. Seuss. We have Claire and the Dragons investing in the next gen of readers going in every single box. Okay for the whole family to enjoy. Number one on the list, Tom, have we ever had this happen before? Have we ever had a book hit the list three weeks in a row? I don't think so. This I don't is think a first. This is absolutely a first. Stray Dogs number one, amazing. This book has been scorching and we've been talking about it for the last few weeks. It is so incredible to see this book just get higher and higher every week. $80 average sales for a first print main cover of number one. But you know, we are always talking about those incredible horror homage covers. There are so many great variant covers of this book. If you're not reading it, get on it. The graphic novel is going to be out soon. You guys have to get in on this book. 163% increase in copies sold. It's amazing how hot this book became, how much it spiked. Considering we have Loki spec, Shang-Chi spec, Mm -hmm. this comic outdid the rest this past week the price hikes were real and cgc had something to do with it and i'm not talking about them getting bought out so as we were talking about variants of number ones earlier on this list we actually are seeing a strange anomaly all of a sudden the blank cover which normally doesn't sell for that much the blank cover of stray dogs number one is hitting a hundred dollars right now i was a little bit shocked until i found out that tony fleece is going to be doing a cgc signing and for two hundred dollars you can get your image comics blank cover with your own pet drawn on it this has driven the image comics stray dogs number one blank cover absolutely through the roof Tony Fleece and Trish Forstner absolutely killed it with this comic book, bringing together their team from their time on My Little Pony, which is why so many members were surprised to see such a dark, moody narrative that's drawn in such a pleasant and vibrant and fun way. Comic fam, Tom and I are here every single week doing this trending list for you. If you like what you see, make sure you like, subscribe, comment down below. Let us know what you think of the list, and it's going to enter you to win one of two of our Shang-Chi variant done by the very talented Will Slane. That's right. Enter to win the giveaway, and as always, geek responsibly. Enough said. We got the podcast for you. We got the most recent Hot 10 for you, the comics defining this generation, the all-time record breakers. Enjoy them. We made them for you and have a great week. 